Welcome to another edition of the Unqualified Huddle. We're back after another round of playoff games. Probably the greatest weekend of NFL games ever, right? Meh. Nah. <sighs> I don't know. The, the last two games delivered. The first two were, weren't all that. They were good appetizers. They were a meh, is what they were. They were, they were close games, but they weren't. I wouldn't have called them entertaining games. Why not? It's a playoffs. It was close. Everything was close. Some people prefer those defensive masterclasses where the offences just go three and out. Uh, but we, we talked off air briefly about this Green Bay 49ers game. It, I initially thought this could be the best game of the weekend. And I, I can admit I was completely off breath. It was, it was just, for me, uh, the Saturday games particularly. Like, the, the Sunday games are great. Like, don't get me wrong. They were, they were fantastic to watch and see. But these both these Saturday games, um, they just weren't what people were expecting. Like they, just, they just didn't live up to the expectation, basically. And I think that's what did it for me. We came into it where you've got this Tennessee team off a of bye week. You're thinking, oh, they're going to come out. They'll be all guns blazing. And they just had a dud. And then same with Green Bay had a bye week you think oh they're gonna come out cold weather should suit them better again just throw a dud yeah and, and mm. i think that's what did it for me and and really none of the teams wanted to win uh the bengals squeaked by uh T- tennessee titans had a had a mare of a showing and yet the bengals couldn't put them away uh the green bay packers the 49ers relied on two huge special teams players, which we get there's three sides of the ball but do we want, want to see games decided by special teams and that, that's one of the things I picked up with all of these games. There were there was a lot of choking going on or a lot of comebacks going on right until the end of, you know, the fourth quarter. So what we want to see, but a lot of these teams will also feel uneasy about themselves. Um, the 49ers struggled for most of that game. Their touchdown was on a punt block. You look at the Buccaneers, they were down for most of the game. Okay, the Bills and uh, Chiefs was a right ding-dong, but you look at the Bills and... You look at how they ended it. But yeah, look at that match though. Look at that match. That like that. It was exciting and everything that happened. But it like it only got exciting. Were you not entertained? <laughs> the last five minutes, I was for the wrong reasons in some regards. But like, like, well, no, even before that, like the la- the last quarter of that game was really exciting, and I think that's what people were like more alluding to because for the for the first half, it it was. For me, nothing special. It was only when it got to the second half of that game that things started picking up, which I guess you could talk about. That's probably how most games are like. But uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things. But then, yeah, the, it got it got going. But then it, it really shouldn't have ended how it did. That, that's you know, let's just pour on the Bills and also pour on the Chiefs. Uh, well, according to the NFL website, they have, and I quote, said, "We just bore witness to the greatest weekend in <laughs> NFL playoff history." So. I, I don't know. I don't quite know if, if we were watching the same games there. No. They've got a trial hype that'll keep people interested, though, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's yeah, all they yeah. can do. Should we talk about this a bit more, though? Should we get into, get into our games? Well, yeah, let's, let's start with the Titans. I want to specifically talk about Ryan Tannehill because that Titans Bengals game, you look at it and you think, can the Titans be happy with Tannehill going into the season? I knew you were going to go there. I knew no. you were going to be like no. Tannehill's up. Uh, well, you take that game. I mean, you take that game in isolation, and it is terrible. Like, there's no other word for it. 
you look at it, he played awfully. He threw, he threw three interceptions. Granted, one probably wasn't on him, but the other two definitely were. Um, he he wasn't hitting his throws. He, he only hit AJ Brown like maybe three times. And realistically, that was more on AJ Brown making fantastic catches than it is Tannehill putting the ball to him. They just he just didn't he didn't command the offense very well. He he was what held them back as well as trying to overuse Henry, who just wasn't getting going in that first mm-hmm. half. Or well, for for the rest of the game, he, he wasn't getting going. Uh, yeah, to... don't yeah. Foreman had a much better game. He he looked better. He looked fresher. He looked like Foreman looked like he was he he could break tackles, whereas Henry was seeming like what you expect from Henry is that he runs through people, but he was seeming getting tackled by the first defender every time. Ankle tackles. It, like Devonta, uh, you know, Devonta Foreman is a free agent as well, and he seems like a keeper for them. But I don't know. The, this Times team confuses me because, to be honest, they're a talented team. They just weren't very clutch. And especially when you look at the Bengals, who weren't really firing as we know they can. Well, I mean, let's be honest that with this Titan, with this game, it all lies on the Titans' offense letting letting the side down because that Titans' defense was on point the entire they, game. They were, but that's what you get with the game managing quarterback, right? And and I think I, I've talked on this point before about uh, Ryan Tannehill being the best system quarterback, but that is the issue when you have a game manager; <laughs> they can't turn the ball over and you trust them not to do it but Tannehill was I don't know it's like the I hate saying this because Simon I had a go at you the other week Um, (laughs) but the playoff atmosphere got to him absolutely absolutely it's it's a big game and I don't think he was he was ready for the spotlight it's It's all those picks it's it's very Andy Dalton like but that's, that's his job don't turn it over and the team would look after the rest it comes on to the game plan, though. Their first play of the game is that they, they threw the ball to... I think they were looking for, uh, for Julio Jones on the play or Brown. He threw the ball. You've just got the best running back in the NFL back in the game. Mm. L- like, establish your dominance to start off with. Let him run the ball. Yeah, I like, mean, this is this is a flat ending for the Titans. Oh, it, it's it's poor. They, You know, you, you get the number one overall seed. You're thinking... We're looking good this year. We we taught this team up in our podcast last week. We all were going on about how this team looks great. This team looks amazing. They came out and they, they just threw a dud. And like I said, this isn't on the defense because the defense played pretty well for most of the game. It's it comes down to their their offense. <laughs> as well. AFC gonna AFC. <laughs> I mean, it is it is AFC gonna AFC. Another thing you mentioned there that really intrigues me is how we hype this team up. Because another team we hyped up were the Green Bay Packers. And they will also look back on this weekend and think, what could have been? Is that the final game Aaron Rodgers has played for the Packers? Because he said he doesn't want to be a part of another rebuild. He's going Denver, ain't he? Yeah, he's, he's surely going Denver. The only thing that Denver really lacks is a, is a like quarterback, he, like an elite quarterback. If they, they had a better quarterback situation there, they would be... Well, I say easily into the playoffs, but they they have the Chiefs in their division, so who knows? But they they'd be a contender though. Like you, you'd, you'd probably get them to the playoffs. And Green Bay, uh, this was their chance. This was you know Devontae Adams is probably probably isn't going to resign. I don't think. Maybe he will. You never know. But this is going to be a Jordan Love team. 
which we don't know what he is. This was their chance to actually make an impact, make amends for last year against Tampa Bay. Um, and yeah, they they just weren't good enough against a poor 49ers team. Yeah, and that's it. The 49ers, this was a bad game for them. You don't often see this low score games. Um, and their defense was playing really well for D'Amico Ryan's side. But I wanted to go back to the Packers and think they drafted Jordan Love. They could have done with that first round pick being a wide receiver right about now. And one of them could have been Michael Pittman or T. Higgins. I, I don't think receivers the issue for them. Like, I, I understand. Hmm. I understand the thing of like everyone goes, "Oh, you need to get Rogers' weapons. You need to get Rogers' weapons." But people put this guy in the same category as Brady when it comes to MVP talks and like talks about him being like one of the great quarterbacks of all time. But he isn't. But, we know that he's definitely not Brady. That's, that's gone. <laughs> no, no, and I, I appreciate that. But you put other quarterbacks who that he is a liking to. So he's put in the same category as like this group of elite quarterbacks, you know, like the the Peyton Mannings, the Drew Breezes. He, he's put in that upper echelon of quarterback play. But you put these guys, you know, Drew Brees or Peyton Manning, when they were in their prime with the receivers and tight ends and weapons that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has in Green Bay, and they would have, they could quite easily have a really potent offense. But too many times, Rodgers turns up and he just throws a dud. Yes, with his weapons. He, he has choked in the big moments, like every year. Like he's he is a great quarterback, particularly in the regular season. But for what the talent Green Bay have had since he's been there, they have significantly underachieved. You got rid of Mike McCarthy, maybe he was the issue, but clearly it's something within that Green Bay team. And the biggest constant is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, but I look at Aaron Rodgers and he wasn't bad in this game. Statistically, he wasn't bad. And you look at his receivers, it was all Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams who had nine catches each. No one else had a catch, but more than he's one. Not, he's not Tannehill, though. The expectation should be more. He should be putting the team on his back. You saw Brady against the Rams. Yes, they, they were terrible for a half Absolutely. of the game. But when it mattered, he came up big. Forget the end result. You saw the Brady factor in that game, and right. you have have this game a day before the opposite. He couldn't get it going. So, do we think he's back next year for the Packers? One no. final game. No. No. Okay. Fine. And it'll he's, be better for him. He's gone. He goes to a good team. Yeah, he's gone. He's going somewhere where there's more weapons and there's more. He's got more chance of winning, and that's going to be Denver. Well, like, yeah. It the like the, li- the likelihood would be it would be Denver because Denver Denver's in a like prime position next year, so long as they get a quarterback that can actually play. The if thing is, does he want? For me, in my opinion, it, does he just want to be in that division? That's the only question. Does he want to be in the same division as Patrick Mahomes? I don't think it matters about divisions and and all of that. I mean, it, obviously, it just to somewhat. But who else would he go to? Who else? Well, Indianapolis Colts is another one that just always seems to think. I think about and where you look at. Really, Carson Wentz isn't the answer there, and I think everyone knows that now. If he goes into the AFC South, it's his division. Will the Colts admit to that fault, though? That, that's I think the thing. So. I think the Colts is actually a good landing spot now that you mention it, but I don't know if they'll be able to admit a mistake. Yeah, and, and the amount of capital that they gave up for Wentz now, because it's, it's gone to a first-round pick for the, the Eagles for Wentz. I don't, mm. think, I don't think after one year they're going to be able to say, no, that's it, we, we'll... we'll like fold on this and, and try something else. 
because it he'd still be like having a lot of money from them uh from the extension that he signed with the eagles and stuff you know there's all that factors it, it would be a good spot for him though like you said the the, the colts are another team that are, are quite well poised they just need better quarterback play more than anything else but just coming yeah. back to this coming back to this game quickly sorry um this 49ers team somehow they're they're still alive and kicking uh, and no, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know how the, this 49ers team has made it to their NFC Championship game. More like, to be honest, the the two games that they've played this playoffs have both been low-scoring kind of duds of a game where their offense hasn't really turned up and relied on their defense to keep them in the game. I don't know if that's going to be enough now to beat the Rams, but then they did beat the Rams to get themselves into the playoffs initially. I mean, they own the... I mean, Kyle Shanahan, like we've said before, is the father of Rishon McVay. Now, his, they've won six out of their last seven games. They are the informed team, in my opinion, mm. going into... They were the informed team going into they, the playoffs. They, they don't pass the smell test, though, do they? No, but they're getting it done. And I don't think any of the teams pass the smell test, so that's the most interesting thing about it. None of the teams left in the playoffs you know, are, are bulletproof. And they've I'm not going to lie. Season. Maybe Kansas the Chiefs. City. Yeah, Kansas City. Whoever won out of the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, with that performance, I was going to back to win the Super Bowl now. Yeah. yeah, but if the Times win, we might have been saying the other thing, another thing. But let's move on to the box Rams. Now, we oh, all... Oh, yeah. yeah. We initially thought this was the best game of the weekend. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it clearly wasn't when the Chiefs and Bills happened. But you look at, you know, the factors that the Buccaneers had going into this playoff. They were losing, losing out compared to the start of the season when you they started off with Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and in this game, their lack of ability early on to stretch the field showed. Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski were the only options real all throughout the game. Scotty Miller was getting free, but he wasn't targeted a lot. They just didn't have the weaponry. But I, and they I, couldn't couldn't stop the Rams' offense. They couldn't find a way to answer Matt Stafford. I, I think I think with regards to the the box offense, that kind of comes back to Brady only having eyes for like his favorites in in mm. this Tampa team. Yeah, no, no, he he only looked at no. Gronk and Evans for throughout most of the game. He he did get Scotty Miller involved later on, but realistically, though, him those two in the playoff Lenny were sort of his go tos throughout most of the game, and that that's. Yeah, you, you can make the argument that that's, that's his better players and that's why he's he's trying mm. to use them. But, I mean, he's got other tight ends on his team that are healthy, Bray and uh, OJ Howard, which he, I, mean, I know he did try and target them a couple of times, but not to the volume he was, he was looking at wrong for. Same uh, as Evans. I agree he doesn't have the chemistry with, with Bray, uh, Howard, and for some reason, Scott Miller as well, which he, he has with the other receivers, because Miller, particularly last year, started off really hot. Uh, and a few times as well, Miller was making plays. But I don't think it was on Brady. It was all that O-line. They couldn't do anything because the, oh. the O-line couldn't protect him. Miller, Donald, whoever it was, like uh, probably Freud, us three could have yeah. been on that D-line. We could have <laughs> could have had a few days. They were struggling that much. Yes, they've had injuries. but And but, yes, they've had injuries to the receiver core as well. But they... I, I think they were uh, handicapped because of it. We talked about this though. We we said this is where the Rams could hurt the Bucks, and that's exactly what happened. This pass rush of theirs really got home a lot of the time. Brady was having to do what he doesn't like to do, which is try and step up in the pocket and try and get keep himself clean. 
he didn't like it. He didn't like he got called for a personal personal taunting penalty when he was getting in the face of Miller, who just like tried to hit him and like hit him. I think it was just like just after he's thrown the ball. You know, he he wasn't like getting hit. Yeah. And never has, but who does? But then you know, this is how you beat Brady, and this is what shows you put pressure on him. And the fact that rounds were able to do it with just four guys rushing, that's the real difference here. And and they didn't have a short option to pass to. They don't. They didn't have their Cooper Cup. They didn't have their Julian Edelman. Godwin. Yeah, they just, they just didn't have anyone who could do take that responsibility. Uh, but the referees now. Yeah. That was a big talking point of this game. Second week running. Taunting, unsportsmanlike conduct. And Dominic Su was clearly, it looked like, kicked by Matthew Stafford. And he had a right to be aggrieved, but he gets called for it. Tom Brady gets called for it with, a, you know, with the now famous picture of his lip bleeding. The referees have had a poor playoff so far. And the NFL, we talked about it last week. We're talking about it again this week. It's going to continue unless if something changes. Yeah, well, it it certainly is, and you know, you know my opinion on taunting penalties and stuff like that. Like I've said it before, I'll say it again. I I just don't I don't appreciate them, and um, I I just don't think you know it's it should be such a thing of of this as much as they are. Players get into it with each other. That's, that's part of the football. You've got guys high up on testosterone literally hitting into each other. You you're going to be a bit angry with each other. It's just how the game goes. Uh, let, you guys, you guys are probably above it, but I'll, I'm not. Uh, did it did it matter that it was uh, Los Angeles Rams on on one side of the ball to the referees, to the officials, to the uh, NFL? Personally, absolutely. You can't say yes, but I think so. Absolutely. I don't think smaller teams, smaller market teams, get these penalties. Well, I, I don't think it's more. I, I think it's more than that. I think you look at it now, which you know I, I didn't think of before. Realistically, this weekend. But you, you, look thought, you, you had a go at me for even suggesting something <laughs> as outlandish. outlandish all, that. All, all I'm saying is it's the, it's the first season uh, that SoFi Stadium's been open. The, the They've got the Super Bowl, sir. Yeah. There you go. So the, it's the first year that they're having the Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium. Who just happens to be the team that plays at SoFi Stadium? The Los Angeles Rams. The new America's team. The, who just happened to get a lot of questionable taunting penalties given to them that Los Angeles Rams who you know it comes even to the point that Mike Evans got hit during a play and they the ruling that they gave on the play was that the hit came after the play so it would be counted as like a dead ball foul rather than be during the play meaning that it was a turnover of downs on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because it's fourth down but they'll get 15 yards added to the Rams, like, push further back. I'm not being funny. The guy had the ball in his hands when he was, like, hit. The ball was, like, just falling out of his hands, and the guy came and, like, hit him. He was a defenseless receiver. Like, mm. it, it, it's all dodgy to me. It smells. It smells. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mind that call that much, but there's too many of these instances. They, they get away with everything. They have too many favourable calls and calls going against the other team. And we all know Roger Goodell and Tom Brady's uh, beef. So, uh, you know, where the smoke, there's fire, right? <laughs> I think we'll read it. We can obviously say we're just reading <laughs> the NFL is, into this. The NFL's not going to partner with us, are they, after? after. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, anyway, but definitely after this. I mean, I don't yeah. think it had anything to do with that. I think the reason the Bucks lost is because their O-line was just stinking terrible. For the, 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 the O-line didn't help matters. Didn't help and, matters. And defensively, they were 
really poor tackling. Uh, safety play was terrible. Cornerback play was terrible. Uh, Todd the, Bowles should have done a better job there. The boxers didn't have a good good time with it on defense. Like the the Rams' offense did look good. Cooper Cup had a great game. He Ma- looked like, he looked unstoppable. Yeah, by the fumble, he looked unstoppable. Um, th- they did fumble it four times, though, which is something to watch out for. Four times, yeah, I mean, they, it was, running, they fumbled the ball. And then running back, I believe Cam Akers was the guy who fumbled it a couple of times, right? I mean, yeah. crucially, he allowed the Buccaneers to get back into it and tie the game up. In a game where he should have just been carrying it with two hands. It was poor, poor running back play, poor coaching. That should have been put into him going into that drive, two hands. What, anyway. what a play by Suda. What a play. Like, that was, for me, the play of the game. Uh, great that, play by Sue. Great play. Yeah. Big play making big uh, plays, I guess. Now, moving on to the best game, the final game of the weekend. And it was the showdown of the Chiefs and the Bills and clearly the best two quarterbacks in the playoffs. You had Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And we went into this meeting. We talked about it. Two of the livest arms in the NFL, and they both delivered. That those cannon arms came into play massively. You had Patrick Mahomes going 33 or 44 for 378 yards and three touchdowns. Josh Allen, 27 of 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns. So I'm I'm just gonna say it right now. The Bills took the bed on this one. Like the Bills, the Bills killed themselves. When you manage to get yourself in a position where you are leading by three points with 13 seconds on the clock, how in the hell do you let the other team get in a position to be able to kick a field goal to tie it? Like, I, I don't understand how you do that on defence, how you just let them make... They, they kicked it out. Like First of all, they kicked it out of the end zone so it gets a touchback. So they automatically mm. get it on the 25. Which I'm they not should sure not have that. done. They should not no. have kicked it out. And that... Was the but first step, misstep, but then they have to get the ball from the twenty-five to at least around a, a long field goal, like the forty-yard line, isn't it? So you've mm. got to get it to like the forty-yard line. So they've got to get it thirty-five yards in thirteen seconds. Ha, like I just don't get how they've allowed Patrick Mahomes to do that and let Kelsey and that get so so wide open. It just it's like beggar's belief, to be quite honest. I wasn't a fan that they gave him a free release at the line of scrimmage. You got to, when there's the, you know, there's not much time on the clock, and they've got to get it to that forty-yard line. You got to press him. You've got to press him. Maybe a five-man rush, but press, press the receivers, make them work it. Especially a guy like Kelsey, make him break off that line of scrimmage, make him take that extra second because it it will matter, especially when the clock's ticking. Can we just this give uh... overtime? Yeah, but we need to give uh, Gabriel Davis his due, right? Like oh, the man, yeah. Yeah. the man has put Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, and whoever else in his rearview mirror after that four touchdown game. That was who needs Stefan Diggs, right? Who well, needs you, you talk Gabriel, about receivers for Green Bay? Like, Gabriel Davis, Gabriel Davis needs Stefan Diggs to get double teamed for the entire game. <laughs> well, I mean, it. Gabriel Davis okay. was buried at the start of the season as their sixth receiver, which he clearly should never have been. Is rose up in the last few weeks, but this game went into overtime, and the overtime rule is another thing that baffles me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I know, like uh, Josh Allen came out and was like, "Oh, you know, it is what it is. Like that's that's football, whatever." 
but I, I'm not a massive fan of it because you don't give the other team a chance to come back. I know you could argue, well, their defence needs to step up and not let the other team score a touchdown. I, I, I just don't think it's fair. I think, I think it should be that both teams get a possession or even, even change it up and do something a bit different. Give them three plays from like the 10-yard line or something like that, four plays from the 10-yard line to score. Mm. So it's something different than uh, what it is currently. I just don't like it that one team gets... Like it's basically a lot of the time decided on a coin flip. I mean, whoever gets the ball first. But this is where the playoff scenario and the regular season scenario differs, and I don't like it. Should be a shootout, first ones fail, sudden death type scenario. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So just give them the ball, ten yard, ten yards going in. You've got the ball. You've got four plays. If you score, you're then the opponent's offense has to go on and score. Yeah. If they score, you then carry on sudden death whoever doesn't get it or whoever does get it wins the game simple as that the, the, uh, i don't know how what you guys think about the college way of doing it you have is it you have like plays from the set yard yard line you need to score a touchdown and then the other you basically have scenario football where you need to score touchdowns rather than a game by game yeah, yeah we, we feel robbed though don't we clearly of not seeing josh allen in that scenario well, I, I just think it's a bit unfair because both teams' offences were cooking. It's not like the Chiefs were the dominant team in that game. And like this is an example of they basically got the coin flips going their favour. So because they flipped the coin and it went to the Chiefs having the ball to start off with, they, they've won the game. If it was the other way around, the, the coin flip for the Bills to have the ball to start with, they would have likely won the game as well. It's as simple as that. So it's decided by a coin flip rather than the actual skill of the team. It, it would have been nice to watch the defense try and get a stop at some point. And the interesting thing is, the rest of the AFC is watching this game and thinking, for the next ten years, we've somehow got to get through Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. How the hell do we do that? Can our quarterback deliver something like that? Is there Joe a quarterback Burr. who can deliver more? But Joe, Joe Burrow does not have those arms. That arm talent. He has a touch. Don't get me wrong. He has a connection with Jamar Chase. But a lot of those ten, well. You know, those execs of the other AFC it's, teams are going to be watching, thinking... It's not just all about throw power, though, Sham. It's not just about being able to throw the ball downfield. No, I mean, it's otherwise, just clearly they, they can otherwise Josh any Allen, team anywhere. Otherwise, Josh Allen would have been a perennial pro bowler for the rest of, like, throughout his career. He's he always had, he's, he he's always had a... Okay, but he's always had a cannon. He's never been able to put, get it accurately to his, like, playmakers. Now he can. He's, he's learned that. He's worked on that. So his accuracy counts more for his power. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's nice for him to be able to throw the ball downfield, but accuracy counts over power. Joe Burrows can get the ball to his receiver at the right point in time while getting tackled nine times in a game. Uh, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow will grow, continue to grow. And I agree. But these two are clearly the best young two quarterbacks right now. And if you're another team who wants to contend, whether it's Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, or Patrick Mahomes, there's a clutch of top teams right now that they'll have to... Con- well, these are the top teams that teams will have to go through for the next few years, and it won't be easy. In the NFC, if you can get rid of uh, Aaron Rodgers out of there, that'll make life easier for all those contenders. But but, but we saw earlier on, on this year that even the quarterback-proof teams aren't, you know, invincible. You had the Bengals, who Simon was touting as missing the playoffs for a very long time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very humbled right now. You don't need to you don't need to bring it up. You had the Chiefs, who I'm sure Sham you were touting as missing the playoffs as well. 
Um, mm. And the Bills who are struggling as well. So uh, anything can happen, and that's how it should be. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be like you know uh, choosing games by a coin toss. But the NFL wants parity, and this year, particularly on the AFC, it really has had it. Yeah. So I think is there anything anyone else thought about from the playoff games or, or before we wrap up the podcast? No, I I just thought it was nice that like pretty much in both sides you had the divisional winners, bar the 49ers. I I think it really showed how much it meant to get that um win in your division this year. I mean, you look at it and look at our predictions. Shan, I know you were the regular season winner. Wearing it mattered. I know, but none of us Shan, really you... were excited about these these picks, were we? I mean the results of these this weekend, we really flunked it. Well, we we were the kiss of death. Is basically what you're saying. We we were we were the jinxes of these teams losing. Well, you said that you know it's good that the divisional winners have won their games, but really the number one seed meant absolutely nothing. You've had the Green Bay Packers and Tennessee Titans being humbled, and and maybe there's there's something to the momentum. You you don't want to rest up too much. You're you're not in playoff form when when you have to get going. For sure. All right, let's wrap up the podcast here. Thanks for listening, guys. We're now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other good podcasting services. So give us that five-star reviews if you can. Follow us on Twitter at T-U-H underscore podcast or email us on the unqualified huddle at outlook.com. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bis später. So see you later in German. <laughs>